Praise the Lord. I'm your host, Elder Gregory Newsom, with the Faith in God Internet TV. Uh, God bless you on this wonderful Wednesday. We bring you greetings in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the head of our life, and we honor uh, our pastor, Bishop Dr. Ellis Murchison, Sr. of the Pentecostal Power Church, and to First Lady uh, Paulette Murchison, and to my own lovely wife, Missionary Newsom, and to all of you today. We bring you greetings in the name of Jesus. Uh, first thing we want to do is get our sidebar, and then we're going to get our prayer requests, and then we want to get into uh, the word of the Lord as we talk about uh, uh, season number 11, and we're going to talk about conscience today. We're going to talk about the conscience. Uh, there are some things as we talk about these seven dispensations. Uh, I believe we covered innocence on Monday. So if you didn't get a chance to watch that, uh, uh, you can go back and see the innocence of man. Uh, and we could have went a little bit more in depth with that, but we're going to try to spend a little bit more time with conscious, seeing that uh, we're in a time now uh, that reflects uh, the conscience of people and humanity. So we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're not in the dispensation of conscious, but we're going to talk about how uh, how that uh, uh, intertwines uh, with the sequence of end time events. So we're going to talk about that. Um, but first thing we want to do is get the sidebar. Uh, I want to uh, just thank and praise God for all of his manifold blessing uh, to us. Uh, we had a, a beautiful Bible class on last night. Our pastor uh, was the teacher of that class and we um, really uh, enjoyed uh, the Bible class. Uh, as he was teaching uh, the lesson plan, some of the things came up uh, that we kind of had mentioned uh, earlier in this week. And so we want to uh, just take a look at a couple things. As I get the sidebar, you know that um, uh, I guess they're having more elections now. And, you know, um, one thing seems to stand out really clear, and I'm not uh, I don't believe politics and religion and all that should be mixed and talked about, but this is just a, a, a statement. Take this as a statement from Brother Newsom. You know, um, you know, we got the different uh, groups: uh, independents, Republicans, and Democrats, and you know, all that different stuff. But now we're in a time where every man's for himself. So I don't. I'm not trying to be political. I'm just, I'm coming right down the middle with truth. It doesn't make, you know, and I'm not saying it don't make a difference who you vote for, because uh, I believe that uh, does make a difference, you know, but I just want to deal with the, you know, the true essence of, you know, a lot of these people, uh, they're uh, only uh, in these particular uh, government areas. Uh, to be benefit their own interests, <laughs> so so I just leave it like that. Mm? They they not you know the preamble said we the people mm? in order to perform a more perfect union to establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common demand, and promote the general welfare. But we can see they don't care about 
your welfare and my welfare is all about their agenda. And so we have to just trust God and we have to uh, know that this world is not our home. So I want to encourage the people of God as we get into conscience. Uh, we tell people, you know, uh, vote your conscience, <laughs> you know, but uh, we have to be careful in saying that because if your conscience is seared, uh, you might vote for that detestable thing that God hates. And so that's where we're going to leave it. We're going to leave it right there as a statement or a editorialized statement that we made. And uh, I didn't say the Bible said, I said, Brun Newson said this. And so let us make sure we take it down as that. But we're going to get into the word of the Lord. Uh, first thing we want to do is get um, various prayer requests. For those of you that have uh, various prayer requests, please pray for all of our uh, leaders that's in leadership. Pray for our pastor and first lady, uh, Bishop and Lady Paulette Murchison. Pray for the Pentecostal Power Church in Milwaukee as a whole. Remember the Parker family. Uh, let us pray for them in the hour of bereavement. Uh, let us pray for comfort all across this land of people that has been impacted uh, with the loss of loved ones, family members, friends, and uh, people that's dear to them. Remember Bishop Mark Jones and Mother Jones and uh, uh, the saints in Florida and the saints everywhere. Remember all of our district bishops, pastors and elders, bishop-elects, and uh, the entire National Pentecostal Power Church is incorporated. Please pray for our presider, assistant presider, and their wives. And saints, please pray for uh, the men in the church. Pray for the brethren. Pray for the men that God will give strength, uh, not only to the men, but to the body of Christ as a whole. And uh, those are the things that we, we are requesting prayer for. Please pray for uh, myself and Sister Newsom. Uh, pray that God will continue to bless and uh, touch and uh, continue to, amen, uh, to do what he's uh, continually doing in our lives, that he will continue to enlarge our coast, enlarge our territory, and that we will uh, be uh, steadfast and that we'll also be uh, found uh, diligently working in the kingdom of God, wherever it is that uh, God desires to uh, work in. We want to be willing workers, continue to pray for that, and we continue to offer the gifts of helps to the ministry because um, it's not about us, but it's about Jesus, and continue to pray for our individual families. My daughter, um, I continue to pray for the grandchildren, I continue to pray for all the saints' children and the people of God as a whole. So those are our prayer requests. I'm not sure uh, if there's any outspoken requests on social media, so we're going to check that real quick. And if you're in need of a prayer request, we want to touch and agree today. And so if you uh, have a prayer request, please let us know so we can uh, so we can acknowledge that request. That's what we want to do. So that's what we want to do today. All right. And so we're going to get ready going to prayer. Remember Pastor Reese uh, and his wife, uh, and the Reese family, 
and all of you that are out there requesting prayer. Remember, um, the George family, uh, want to say congratulations to them on uh, their new delivery. God bless them again. And uh, we're so glad and thankful that God, he does it again and again. And, and he told them to be fruitful and multiply. And, and we thank God for what God is doing for the George family. Uh, uh, Brother Charles, I mean, Deacon Charles has a new addition, him and his uh, wife and family. And so I want to say to Sister Anna, congratulations as well uh, to the both of you and as well as the Covington family. I want to say congrats to uh, Brother Covington and also um, Sister Covington. I want to say praise the Lord to them. And we hope all is well with them and the baby and uh, all the saints' children. Uh, continue to pray for Sister Rutley and their family, Brother Rutley and Sister Toria Rutley. Pray for them. And uh, also, Sister Zykea and uh, Minister George, continue to pray for them and their family. And uh, saints, let us please pray for all of our young people, that God will strengthen them as well as encourage them. We're going to go to the scripture, which is found in Second Chronicles 7, 14 through 16. Remember all of our mothers and elderly saints that are confined to their homes and their spaces. Please pray for them. All right. And so we're going to go to Second Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now mine eyes shall be open and mine ears attend to the prayer that is made in this place. For now have I chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever. In mine eyes and my heart shall be that perpetual eternal God, our Savior. In the precious name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, we thank you once again, O oh God, for your presence, your anointing. I want to thank you for your goodness, O oh God. I want to thank you for the Holy Spirit. I want to thank you for our families, O oh God, and O oh God, all of our loved ones and all of those that are viewing the broadcast today. We ask in the name of Jesus as we touch and agree, Lord, that you would honor our petition and our request. As we come before you, Lord, in humility and repentance and humble submission unto you, that you may, O oh God, grant, O oh God, our every need according to your riches. We give thanks to you for another beautiful day that we've never seen before. And, O oh God, that we'll never see again. We thank you for allowing us to be in this hour, to be in this season. We thank you, Heavenly Father, O oh God, for the use and activity of our limbs and reasonable portion of health and strength. We thank you for all of our faculties. We thank you, God, for, oh, God, things being as well as they are. We want to say thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, because we know it could have been the other way. In the name of Jesus, we ask, oh, God, for a various requests for the need, the spiritual need of your people. Lord, that you would strengthen the body of Christ and you would perfect us as you continue to work on us. Keep us with a heart of repentance as well as a heart of thanksgiving. And, oh, God, a heart of humility to confess our faults one to another that we may be healed according to the scriptures. And help us, Lord God, that we, oh, God, stay, oh, God, humble before you, God. Continue to grant our petition, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, because we, oh, God, wouldn't want and wouldn't desire for you to humble us. But Lord, let us and allow us to humble ourselves before you, that you might be the strengthening force and the strengthening factor. Oh God, that will strengthen us. Oh God, when the attack 
oh God, of the enemy is upon us. Help us to have full awareness and full assurance, oh God, of faith. Send increase in the name of Jesus to all of those, Lord, that need you most in their lives, especially those, oh God, that are tearing for the Holy Ghost, those that are out there that need the Holy Ghost and want to be saved. Look on our loved ones and our family members, oh God. Oh God, all of our family members, touch them, God, save them, God. And even those that rebel against you, God, have mercy in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. And we pray, God, you would open up understanding as we talk about, oh God, conscious on today. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, open up understanding, God, that we would see the relationship, oh God, of the time that's remaining of the condition of the heart. Father, we thank you. We forever give you all the glory and our praise. We thank you for all your blessings and we decree and declare it and we receive them in the name of Jesus. As we give thanks, we pray, God, that you would endow us with all spiritual blessings and power that will cause us to triumph over the enemy. And Lord, we'll be careful to give you all the glory and the praise. And we thank you for a great deliverance now in Jesus name to the glory of God. Thank God. Hallelujah. Amen. And amen. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And so we thank God for, amen, that prayer. And so we're going to get right on down to it. Uh, we're going to talk about a few things today. And uh, I hope you're ready for it because uh, we're, I believe we're ready to go into it. And so what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, conscience today. We're going to talk about uh, conscience and uh uh, let's let's define it as we talk about conscious today. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about it. All right. Now, the biblical or uh, the definition of the dispensation of of conscious uh, is uh, so called in this age. Man was solely tested upon the basis of obedience. Man was solely tested under conscience, solely on the base, um, on the basis of obedience to his own conscience. All right? So it's important that we look at this because Scripture talks about if our conscience condemn us, God is greater than our conscience. Now, we're talking about a dispensation prior, all right? We want to make sure we know the who, what, when, where, and why, all right? So conscience was um, uh, way before, you know, uh, now. So that was one of the second dispensations, all right? And so there are seven dispensations. So we got five more to go. But we can look at conscious being five dispensations uh, prior or, you know, so we're going to take a look at it. Five or six dispensations prior. OK, so let's let's take a look uh, uh, when we talk about conscious. Let's let's just get some uh, information first and then we'll start going to the scripture. All right. Uh, it was. uh Theologically, we can look at it as it being called the age of freedom. Most people reference this, uh, this particular uh, 
time, uh, um, dispensation of time as the age of freedom where man was free to obey or disobey. We can see that free will agency um, since man was created. But because of this particular time that God has allowed, it dictates to his, uh, of his own conscience without any fear or being apprehended by the law. Okay. So, uh, you know, there was no comprehension of the law at that point. <laughs> All right. So we just want to make sure you got it. Conscious was surely based on man's uh, uh, ability to freely obey or to disobey. Let's make sure we got that. All right. The, um, he talks about certain theories and things of that nature, but we won't talk about that. Uh, Adam, um, uh, let, you know, well, let's see. Adam didn't have the Ten Commandments. Let's put it like that. All right. We'll just put it, we'll just lay it out there like that. Adam didn't have the Ten Commandments. But he knew when we talked about earlier on Monday when God said uh, not to do, all right, he laid out a commandment for him, okay? And so anytime God said don't do and we disobey, we transgress the law of God. We sin, all right? Let's just make sure we get that, all right? As long as we got that, we can move on, all right? And... Uh, we want to take a look at something. Uh, Adam, uh, he didn't break the Ten Commandment law, but he bro he broke the law uh, against eating of the tree of knowledge. All right, let's go to Genesis two and sixteen. I want to I want to go back there. Let's go to Genesis two and sixteen. So he didn't break the Ten Commandments, but he did break. He did disobey uh, fully what God told him not to do. Let's go to Genesis uh, 2 and 16. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. All right. He says, but <laughs> of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou should not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Sounds like a commandment to me. Hmm? Hmm? So that's why I say sin is not what I say it is. It's not what you say it is. It's not even of those that's in authority what they say it is. But it's what God said it is. All right? And sin simply means transgression against God's law, all right? Now, uh, my good friend, District Elder, uh, Bishop-elect District Elder Turner, uh, we, uh, when he was at PPC, and we still say it every now and then, uh, we interpret it in this manner. The S-I-N means stop it now, <laughs> all right? And so that's how we, that's how we kind of, you know, break it down. It means stop it now. I mean, don't do it, all right? So. That's a simple term, the way we break it down, all right? But scripturally, 
And biblically, it means transgression against God's law. All right. So let's take a look. Uh, we know the Ten Commandments was not uh, given to men before Moses. All right. I'm going to call some scriptures. I'm not going to be able to get all of them, but to fast forward so that we don't go too far into time with this because we really need to, uh, you know, this would take two hours to teach conscious, but at least a minimum of two hours to teach it to get in the in-depth study of it. But we're going to just take the 30, 40 minutes and give you the meat of it, the heart of it. All right. You can see that in Deuteronomy 5, uh, the fifth chapter. All right. You can see uh, quite a bit of that uh, in Deuteronomy. Conscious. Uh, somebody may want to ask, what is conscious? <laughs> you know, because because sometimes we talk about words. We preach about words. Hmm? We say a lot of words without biblically defining them to the lowest text or common denominator that people that don't have biblical knowledge could understand it. And Jesus always spoke in parables. He always spoke in the lowest common denominator. He told heavenly stories that would uh, give an earthly meaning. Okay. He told biblical truths, hidden mysteries, huh? That was broke down into an earthly uh, uh, story. All right. We'll just leave it like that. All right. So that's how he did it. So they can understand the heavenly. All right. Because it's hard for a carnal mind man, carnal minded man or woman to perceive the things of God because they got to be spiritually discerned. At the time he came, everyone uh, did not have spiritual discernment. So he had to use parables and different uh, ways, earthly sayings to uh, relay and break out a spiritual hidden mystery or meaning. All right. So let's take a look at conscious. Conscious is the knowledge of our act, state, or character. <laughs> All right, I like to talk about these. Because sometimes, uh, sometimes we see the action later in the individual after they've fallen after they've done something that's uh, uh, um, displeasing or that's not uh, good. Sometimes people act out internally. And you'll see that later once they don't listen or obey. So this is why we want to talk about conscience because in all of these, man's responsibility whether it be innocence, conscience, uh, government, promise, or the law. Hmm? Man's responsibility through all of these is to believe and obey. As we can see, our acts, our states, a mind, or our character uh, as to right or wrong. It displays. Uh, the faculty, power, or principle which decides on the lawfulness of our actions and affections. Hmm? This 
shows the real intent of the heart. Hmm? God is a discerner. Hebrews 4 and 12 says, for the word of God is quick and powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the even dividing of, oh, glory be God, soul, spirit, joint, joint, and marrow. And it knows the intent of the heart, which is the deep-seated affection, your conscience. Oh, glory be to God. Hmm? It knows your motive. Hmm? Many times people approach Jesus and Jesus knew their motive. Hmm? And he had to address it. But I want to tell you what conscience is. This is what conscience is. Uh, conscience, uh, it approves or condemns us. The moral faculty or sense. Hmm? Sometimes when people make a wrong action, we say it don't make sense to us, but, oh, glory be to God, oh, because their moral compass, oh, glory be to God, is misguided. It make all the sense in the world to them. <laughs> oh, let me get out of here. I got to go. There was an old song, and y'all thought I forgot. I mentioned it on the broadcast on Monday. That was an old song back in the 70s. And I didn't mention it then, but I was going to get back to it today. That was I didn't tell you what the song was, but there was an old song back in the 70s. And it has no re relativity uh, to uh, this biblical study. But it has something to do with conscious and the moral compass of an individual. And the song said, if loving you is wrong, I don't want to be right. Hmm? And some people have taken that analogy in, in the spiritual realm, in the church realm, hmm, to keep doing wrong. All oh, glory be to God. Huh? Thinking it's going to be right sooner or later. It's never going to be right. <laughs> oh, let me get out of here. I got to go. Huh? You can keep doing wrong if you want to. It's never going to be right. Hmm? And this is the problem we have. Hmm? People are going with their deep-seated emotions and affections and not going with the biblical truths of God. Hmm? Scripture in Romans says, and when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Glory. Oh, I'm gonna go to Romans in a minute. One. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get it in a minute. Romans 1 and 20. Hmm? I'm gonna go and get it. Hmm? We're gonna get it in just a minute. But I want to show you something about conscience. What is conscience? Let me go over it again. Conscience is the knowledge of our acts, state, or character as to right or wrong, the faculty power or principle which decides on the lawfulness of our actions and affection. Hmm? Think about that song I said, loving you is wrong. I don't want to be right. Oh, glory be to God. Hmm? You already married. <laughs> Let me get out of here. You already married and you got a sidekick on the side. <laughs> you know that's wrong. Hmm? But they are, they are continue to digest the wrong because they don't want to be right. Hmm? Think about that moral compass. Something wrong with that. Nobody needs to tell you that this is wrong. But it's it's all about your feelings. You in your feelings. Oh, glory. Let me get out of here. I got to go. Hmm? We get in our feelings. <laughs> oh, glory. I know this is going to take a while. Lord have mercy. We get in our feelings and we justify hmm? having this misguided moral compass 
it's never going to lead you down the right path until you accept the word of truth. All glory be to God. Huh? The word of truth is the only thing that will recalibrate and reset your moral compass. All glory. Let me get at it. I got to go. Hmm? Otherwise, you're going to keep going with how you feel. All glory be to God. And we know what Proverbs said. There is a way that seemed right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. And so we are here to give you biblical truths and principles that will reset your moral compass and give you life and that more abundantly. Hmm? And we must understand that conscious back in the day, back in the previous dispensation, we're trying to bring it to now, back in the previous dispensations, conscious was based on that person's ability to obey or simply disobey. Hmm? Let's see how it connects in the church today. Let's see, let's see the connection. All right, let's take a look. And there's a connection with all these dispensations. Hmm? As each dispensation went on, hmm, we can see, oh, glory be to God. We'll get into it later. We can see uh, a progression of God's grace and mercy huh? tailored to help us stay in relationship with God. Hmm? All and and we we all glory. Let, let me let me move on. Let's take a look now. It says here, conscience is the knowledge of our act, state, or character as to right or wrong, the faculty, power, or principle which decides on the lawfulness of our actions and affections and approves or condemns them. Hmm? Now. Let's let's take a look. Let's stop for a minute and go to Romans 8 and 1. He says, therefore, now there is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Hmm? God fixed, oh glory be to God, the moral compass, huh? In mankind through the spirit. I know I'm, I know I'm maybe, I know I'm going a little bit uh Oh, glory be to God. A little bit deeper than uh, what some people probably can probably uh, understand. But through the Spirit, there is no condemnation. Hmm? Hmm? Look at this now. You know, is if the Spirit is governing, if the Holy Spirit is governing the believer, then conscience no longer has to work as our moral all glory be to God. It's our moral compass. All glory be to God. Because now the Holy Ghost is supposed to lead in God. Hmm? So all of our actions and affections are governed by the Holy Spirit, which is now taking over hmm? the moral compass that we once had through conscience. Oh, glory be to God. To obey or disobey. So now we're not disobeying, uh, oh, glory be to God, only in the flesh, oh, glory be to God. And this is why when we, when, when we disobey the Holy Spirit, oh, there's a consequence, oh, glory be to God. There's an instantaneous consequence of your spiritual act. Hmm? We become spiritually defiled just as Adam did when, oh, glory be to God. When he knew, all oh, glory be to God, what God has said not to do. All oh, glory be to God. Isn't that something? 
Oh, glory. Isn't that, isn't that powerful? That's awesome when I looked at this. But let's take a look. Let's go a little bit farther. Uh, conscious uh, was awakened or became active uh, by the fall, uh, at the fall by man deciding to eat the tree of good, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So now, conscious uh, became active when he ate. Because the Bible said eyes of them both was open. So when he ate, conscious became active. And he was aware of a lot of things that he wasn't aware of before. <laughs> oh, let me get out of here. I got to go. Hmm? And this is why we have to be careful. Hmm? Uh, because uh, this particular thing that happens when a person uh, disobeys, hmm? something else uh, becomes activated. Hmm? So the flesh uh, becomes uh, an agent. Oh, let me get it. I know. I, I got to kind of bring it in a way y'all can receive it. The, the, the flesh becomes an agent or a force against the spirit. It becomes contrary, according to the scripture, that you wouldn't do the things that you would. Oh, glory be to God. So this is why we must be careful. Let me, let me get out of here. Um, it has been a guiding faculty in the moral act of man ever since. So when, when, when that, when that thing Adam did came alive, hmm, it became a struggle. Let me, let me break it down for you. It became a struggle for humanity. All glory be to God to get back. All glory be to God. Huh? The strength uh, to get back in that moral position that he was once in. He couldn't get back to it because he needed God to put him back in that place. All right? If that makes sense to you. We need God to get us back to that place of... Uh, of uh, morality hmm? without God we still will be walking in a deprived nature hmm? trying to think just like Cain did that the fruit of the ground is going to produce something some righteousness <laughs> and it never could he required blood alright and this is why it's important hmm? conscience was forever marked and skewed until Jesus Christ, hmm? until the Holy Ghost, all right? So it's very important that we understand this. Um, the Bible has a whole lot of things to talk about when it relates to conscience. Um, uh, one scripture talks about uh, the conscious being seared, all right? So we're going to go to... Um, First Timothy four. Let's go to first Timothy four. 
We got a lot to cover. First Timothy chapter four. I want to go there with you so you can take a look here. Consciousness is a is a vital part of man's humanity's makeup. All right. Some people say, well, you know, uh, conscious was uh, the second thing that had to be dealt with uh, in uh, the second in the second dispensation. But we can see how God still, through the Holy Spirit, makes a connection with the human conscious through the Holy Ghost. Hmm? He still makes a connection. Hmm? Even though uh, conscious couldn't get us there, the Holy Spirit still makes a connection Otherwise, we wouldn't feel the condemnation of our wrongdoing. So let's take a look. Um, let's go to, uh, and I, I kind of been, uh, let's go to, uh, uh, let's see, First uh, Timothy chapter 4. All right, First Timothy chapter 4. Now, Paul lays out these guidelines uh, for these elders he had ordained um, for teaching the body of Christ. So let's take a look here. He says here in uh, 1 Timothy 4 and verse number 1, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly. Hmm? It says the Spirit speaketh expressly. Hmm? that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. We're making connection to conscience. Hmm? Some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and to doctrines of devils. Now, this is very good to look at here. Giving heed to deceiving spirits a seducing spirit is a deceptive spirit hmm? and we got a lot of them going floating around let's take a look and he says give heed to deceiving spirits hmm? and to doctrines of devils teachings of devils <laughs> oh lord oh i'll have to say that for another time Teachings of devils. Hmm? If Christ had a teaching, the devil got a teaching. We'll deal with that later. But look, he says, doctrines of devils speaking lies in hypocrisy. Hmm? Speaking lies hmm? in hypocrisy. Hmm? In falsehood. Hmm? Having their conscience. Let's take a look at it here. This is First uh, Timothy 4 and 2. Speaking lies and hypocrisy. Hmm? Speaking lies and hypocrisy. It's very important. Telling these falsehoods, 
these untruths hmm? so long that they begin to believe them. Hmm? Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now let's take a look at this. Having their conscience seared. The spirit speak it clearly. Hmm? There's no question about it. You don't have to wonder. It's plain and plain in plain sight. Hmm? You don't need no uh, uh, manifestation or revelation of what the spirit is showing us now. You can clearly see it in your churches. You can see it in your community. You can see it operating. Hmm? And these disobedient folk. Hmm? Bible says it's going to be made manifest in the children of disobedience. So let's take a look. He says here, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience, hmm? having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Now, if something, if you take um, some meat, some raw meat, and you turn on a frying pan and put it on the fire, and you lay that raw meat, after that pan gets nice and hot, you lay that raw meat uh, on that pan. And when that meat heats up and begins to sear, hmm, there's something that gets seared into that particular meat. Hmm? What are you saying, Brother Newsom? These false teachers, if we don't be careful, um, hmm, this stuff has been embedded or seared into their conscience. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Let me, let me get out of here. These false teachers are still a threat to the church. Hmm? Don't you forget it. Even though I'm talking about conscience, this affects the conscience of even the new converts and believers hmm? if we don't be careful and these seared folk get a hold to them. Hmm? If these seared believers that's uh, already have their conscience seared with a hot iron. Hmm? It says, forbidden to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God had created to be received with thanksgiving of them, uh, which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving, for it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. So now, he talks about Danger. We're going to go back to conscious. Uh, uh, the body, uh, the Greek philosophers here in the church thought that the body was evil. Hmm? But the body can't necessarily, uh, it can be contrary to us, but the person with the evil conscience defiles the whole body. This is why Jesus said, what go into a man don't defile a man, but what come out of him defiles him. 
So if he has a defiled conscience, all glory be to God. The Bible says evil communication corrupt good manners. Hmm? So we got to look at this. And if we follow wrong teaching, hmm, we can get messed up. Hmm? Take a look. If you follow the wrong teaching, you can get messed up. Hmm? Uh, let, let's take a look at something else. I, I wanted to get into something else, but um, let's go back to this conscious thing. But I want you to see this in the New Testament. He says here in 4 and 2 of 1 Timothy, speaking lies and hypocrisy and having their conscience seared with a hot iron. All right, let's go to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Let's go to Philippians 4. I want to go there for a minute. Uh, uh, I think Ephesians. Let's see. Let's see what we want to want here. Uh, let's go to Ephesians 4. Let's see if I can get it. Ephesians 4. And uh, 17. Let's go to Ephesians 4 and 17. We're going to talk about conscience. What is conscience? Hmm? Uh, we can have our conscience awakened. We're going to go to uh, St. John chapter 8 in a minute. Uh, we can have our conscience purged. We're going to talk about that in just a minute. But let's go to Ephesians 4 and 17. He says, this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth uh, walk not as other Gentiles walk. Mm -hmm. Once you become saved, mm -hmm. he said, Paul told him not to walk as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Why? Having their understanding darkened, being alienated, alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Hmm? Some people can't see this. Because if they're conscious, their heart been blinded, they can't see this. Who being past feelings have given themselves over to lasciviousness. Mm hmm They've given themselves over to this stuff. Hmm? It's bad when you get seared that bad where you this is all you want. This is all you want to do. Hmm? It's the wrong thing. And you don't see when no good coming, according to uh, Jeremiah 17 hmm? and 5 through 7. You don't see when no good coming. Hmm? But he says, giving themselves over to lasciviousness, to work all uncleanliness, with greediness. <laughs> all glory be to God. Can we see the connection? Re all glory be to God. Can we see the connection of conscience in the second dispensation in the conscious now? Hmm? You, you've seen people that are backslid. Hmm? Uh, they are full of sensuality. Hmm? 
they corrupt. They have lustful desires. They got unwholesome talk. Hmm? These are all the things that happens when people get filled up with lasciviousness. This is why they can continue to say, uh, you know, uh, ain't nothing wrong with it. <laughs> Let me get out of here. I got to go. They can say ain't nothing wrong with it because their conscience messed up. Hmm? Because their moral compass has been misguided and hadn't been reset and recalibrated by the word of God. Hmm? And you got some folk, they don't care what they do. Hmm? They say they going to heaven anyhow. <laughs> let me go. I got to let you go. But to me, that's, that's, oh, that's scary. Hmm? The Bible tells me different. The Bible said nothing but the righteous shall see God. Hmm? And so if you're not righteous, you ain't going to see him. Especially with a messed up conscience. Look at this. Uh, when we look at conscious, we looked at seared. We're going to look at the awakened conscious. Let's go to, uh, and you can continue to read Ephesians 4, but we, we got to go for time. But I'm going to go to St. John uh, chapter 8. We're going to look at conscious 8 and 9. Awakened conscious. Let's look at the conscious that's been awakened. All right. Uh, let's go to. St. John chapter 8, where these people came to Jesus and they make an accusation. I'm, I'm trying to make the connection with conscience here as I teach the what is conscious. Trying to make the connection. These people came to Jesus and they said to him and tempted him that they might accuse him. But Jesus stooped down with his finger and wrote on the ground. Hmm? As though he didn't hear Hmm? He heard them, but Jesus ignored them because he knew their conscience was full of foolishness. But after he got tired of their foolishness, let's see what Jesus did. Verse number seven. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, he that is without sin. I'm going to show you what the word of truth will do. He said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone at her. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Huh? And he again stooped down, back down on the ground, and rolled on the ground. Continued to do what he was doing. Hmm? Since you asked for, <laughs> you asked for my help, you asked for my opinion, hmm? you asked me what I would do in this situation, this is what I'm telling you to do. If you don't have no sin, then go ahead and have at it. Get the stone. Hmm? But let's see what happened. And when they heard it, being convicted, oh, glory be to God. Even though they, they were misguided by their compass, their moral compass, when truth came, it awakened them. Glory. Thank you, Lord. Oh, y'all can see I'm getting stirred up right now. It awakened them hmm? and let them saw hmm? their misguided character, actions, hmm? and their moral faculty 
or their sense. Hmm? Look at this. It awakened them. All glory to God. And when it awakened them, they were convicted by their own conscience. And this is what happened. Hmm? When, when, when truth comes, all glory be to God. It's going to rebuff. All glory be to God. Or it's going gonna, it's gonna, to uh, cause you to accept or reject truth. Look at this. This is what they did. They went out one by one, beginning at the eldest. Hmm? Even until the last, and Jesus was left alone. And the woman standing in the midst. Hmm? I want to show you something. Do you see how Jesus awakened their moral compass? Hmm? He awakened them by showing compassion on this woman that was in adultery. Hmm? In adultery. He showed compassion on her and awaken them to see their own sin. And sometimes, I want to be honest with you, we're in a time now where people, even in the church, in the dispensation under grace and truth, all glory be to God, we can have a messed up moral compass. Hmm? If the Holy Ghost is not in full operation, all glory be to God. Hmm? We can be just like these self-righteous folk. <laughs> get it. I got to go. Huh? If we ain't filled up with God's grace and mercy, we won't have mercy on nobody else. <laughs> Let me go. I got to go. Let me get out of here. I got to go. I know I'm messing up, but I got to work with this conscience. Let's look at purge con con conscience. Let's look at the purge conscience. I'm just giving y'all something to think about today as we talk about this conscience. And we, we want to know what it is. I'm showing you what it is. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 9. Let's take a look. I'm going into this study because it's very important. There's something in here for me. And so I'm trying to get it. Let's take a look. And uh, Hebrews chapter 9. And uh, let's take a look. Hebrews chapter 9. And let's go to uh, verse number 6. Hmm? Hebrews 9 and 6. Now, when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone every year, without, not without blood. He had to have some blood when he went into that second one. Hmm? Look at this. Not without blood, which he offered for himself, and for the heirs of the people. Hmm? There is no way we can look at somebody else conscious. <laughs> well, we can. I'm sure we can if we're full of hypocrisy and we feel with lasciviousness and our moral compass has been misguided. But there is no way we could be full of God's Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. Look at this. He says, uh, the priest that went into that second tabernacle, he had to recognize himself and the people. Hmm? And it says here in verse number eight, the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all 
was not yet made manifest. While as the first tabernacle was yet standing, look at verse 9. This is the key verse, which was the figure of the time to come, was the figure of, for the time uh, then present in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to conscience. Now, it's, it's very important. Hmm? Even though they did all that ministering hmm, to take care of the sin for that one year, it didn't do anything for his conscience. <laughs> oh, let me get it. I got to go. I, that's a free one right there. It didn't do nothing for his conscience. Hmm? But, oh, let me, <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. It didn't do nothing for his conscience. We ought to thank God for grace. Look at this. Oh, Lord. It says, could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers washing, the washings and carnal ordinances imposed on them until the time of reformation. Hmm? Uh, you can finish reading uh, Hebrews 9, but I want to show you something. Only uh, the blood of Jesus could purge the conscience. <laughs> oh, glory be to God. Hmm? Only the blood of Jesus could purge our conscience. Hmm? Oh, glory be to God. Hmm? Oh, glory. Hmm? I, I, I want to say something, but I'm going to hold that one. Only the blood of Jesus can purge our conscience. Hmm? And it took a better, oh, glory be to God, tabernacle. Hmm? It took Jesus. Now, let's take a look. And then we're going to talk about uh, pure conscience. Oh, God. Uh, pure conscience. Let's go to the same book, 9 and 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through eternal, through the eternal spirit, offer himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from the dead works to serve the living God? Hmm? The people sacrificed these animals. Hmm? God only regarded their faith and obedience hmm? and made them ceremonially accepted according to the Old Testament law. But Christ, when he was sacrificed and offered, <laughs> oh, glory, let me get out of here. Jesus, when he was sacrificed and offered, I just want to, <laughs> I want to break this down. When he was sacrificed and he was offered, huh? it transformed our lives not only on the outside, but on the inside. Hmm? Meaning his sacrifice was more effective than the animal of bull and goats. Hmm? Totally purged our conscience. It's, it's important. It's important that we see this. Hmm? That's why I want to let uh, every believer know 
you need the blood of Jesus to wash your sins. Hmm? And without the water, <laughs> oh, glory, hmm? without the water baptism, hmm? huh? and without the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, without the shedding of blood, hmm? there is no remission of sin. So you need to have your sins removed, remitted. Uh, we talked about purge conscience. There's quite a few scriptures I wanted to get to. Uh, there's a witnessing conscience. And then I want to I want to get to the uh okay. Let's go to the weak conscience. Let's go uh Let's go to um Let's go to the pure conscience. Acts 24 and 16. I know we we got a lot to cover. That's why I said this is a this is a real in-depth study. Acts 20 uh Four and sixteen. Let's go to Acts twenty-four. Acts twenty-four and sixteen. Let's go to the pure conscience. Let's see what a pure conscience look like. We're gonna talk about all these good things. Acts twenty-four, and let's go to let's see, verse number fourteen or sixteen. Let's see. Yeah, let's see what our. Uh, Pure conscious look like. All right. It says here in 24 and 16, and herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscious void of offense toward God and toward men. This is what Apostle Paul says here when he talks. Uh, and tells them uh, his testimony when he tells Felix um, and uh, different ones that were here uh, his testimony. Let's take a look here. He, he appears before Felix and he shares his testimony and he says a lot of stuff here. But Paul, he talks from a pure conscience. Hmm? He talks about the one that uh, uh, had mercy on him and the one that saved him hmm? and the one that uh, uh, granted him his apostleship. All right? So he talks about his pure conscience. Let's look at the weak conscience. Let's go to 1 Corinthians just going to try to get through these real quick. 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 8. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. We can go to the weak conscience real quick. Some people got a weak conscience. All right, let's take a look here. 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And let's go to, uh, uh, let's go to 8 and 7. Howbeit, there is not in everyone, I'm sorry, Howbeit, there is not in every man that knowledge. For some with conscience of the idol unto the hour eat it as a thing offered unto an idol, and their conscience being weak, 
is defiled. But me commended us not, God forbid. He's talking about eating certain things, eating food offered to idols. Hmm? So he talks about the person that has a weak conscience. Hmm? So we have to be careful. I'll let y'all finish uh, looking at that. But he talks about uh, eating things and having liberty to not let your liberty take an occasion to be a stumbling block. Hmm? It's important. It's important that we observe those that have weak consciences. Hmm? Let's talk about the defiled conscience, Acts chapter 2. I need to get that one. Acts chapter 2. We're going to talk about the defiled conscience. Then we're going to let you go. We got, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, let's go to Acts chapter 2. And let's see if we have it here. 2 and 13. Acts 2 and 13. Let's go to it. It's a lot of study here. This one here is a little bit more um, in depth. So... Uh, let's take a look here. Two and uh, let's see if I got the right scripture. Acts two. Yeah, two and wait, defile conscience. I'm sorry. That's good conscience. Let's go to Acts, not Acts, I'm sorry, Titus 1 and 15. That's a good conscience, Acts 2 and 13. We want to go to, even though we could talk about that one, but you'd have to read uh, Acts 2 and uh, about 8 down to about 14 there. I want to go to Titus. Sorry about that. Go to Titus real quick. Got a lot of pages I'm turning here. I want to go to Titus 1 and 16. There we go. Titus 1 and 16. Let's take a look. Uh, he says, they profess that they know God, but in works they deny him. Being abominable and disobedient, Unto every good work, reprobate. Now, why does uh, Titus say this? He says, unto the pure, all things are pure. But unto them that are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. But even their mind and conscience is defiled. Hmm? Even their mind. I thought this would be a good scripture. That's why... 
I wanted to labor to find it and get it for you. He says here in Titus 1 and 15, unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure. Hmm? Can we see the connection here? Back in the day? Hmm? This is how this is how they were in the second dispensation. <laughs> oh, now we can see I'm talking about it under grace and truth. That people still are wrestling with things. Look at this. Unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure. But even their mind and their conscience is defiled. Hmm? You know, we, we have to put things in perspective. You know, when we when we talk about uh, something being wrong in a believer's life, we have to go a little bit farther in depth and not always point at the external extremities. <laughs> oh, let me get out of here. I got to go. Huh? There's plenty of people claim to know God. Hmm? But how can we know that they telling the truth? <laughs> oh, glory be to God. Let me get out of here. You got plenty of people. Jesus said, not everybody that say unto me, Lord, Lord, going enter into the kingdom. Hmm? So how are we going to know if they telling the truth? We got to look at the word of God. Hmm? We will know or we will not know. Huh? Uh, but if we take a glance at their lifestyle, it will quickly tell us what they value or whether they have ordered their lives around kingdom priorities. Hmm? He said, why call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. So we can talk about heaven. Uh, thank you, Bishop Murchison. He preached this many, many years ago. Huh? We can talk about heaven and walk like hell. Hmm? How can we do it? Because we got we to gotta have a walk with this. Hmm? The way we live says much about what we believe. <laughs> let me get out of here. I got to go. Huh? All right, let me show you. Huh? The way we live declares a, a lot about what we believe. Let me go. Uh, I got to go to 1 John chapter 2. I got to go there. 1 John 2 and 4. Then I'm going to let you go. We're going to have to pick this back up again. 1 John 2 and 4. I'm out of time already. Let's go to 1 John 2 and 4. It's very important we look at this. Hmm? We talking about conscience. Now we're getting down to it. The dispensation of conscience. Let's see how we make the connection to us today. 1 John 2 and 4. Hmm? Let's take a look. Let's go 2 and 3. And hereby, 1 John 2 and 3, and hereby we do know that we know him. Hmm? If we keep his commandments. He said, I know him, and keeping not his commandments. He said that I know him, verse number 4, 1 John 2 and 4. He that said, I know him, and keep not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. 
but whosoever keepeth his word in him, verily is the love of God perfected. Hereby know we that we are in him. This is how we know we in him. Hmm? He that said he abided in him all himself also to walk, even as he walked. Hmm? Do your walk look like Jesus? <laughs> yeah, I got to go. Huh? Huh? Is your walk a righteous walk, holy walk? Hmm? A clean walk? These are all the things Jesus did. Mm? He forgave. Mm? He loved. Mm? He, he did all these different things. He suffered. All the things that we don't want to do. Mm? But if we're going to be like Jesus, we must also uh, go through some things. All right, we're going to talk about some things. I think I talked about quite a bit here. We talked about the defiled conscience. We talked about the, we didn't talk about the witnessing conscience. We'll get to that. And we talked about the good conscience. We gave you the scripture for that. Um, and let's see. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the convicting conscience. I want to talk about the convicting or healthy conscience. Let's talk about something else. We're going to go, now we know what conscious is. I kind of think I spent a lot of time there. Let's take a look at the length of the dispensation of conscience. Hmm? It was 1,656 years long. That's a long time hmm? for that dispensation. About 1,656 years long. Hmm? That's a long time. This is from creation of Adam to the 600 years of Noah. Hmm? Wow. From Adam to Noah was 600 years. Hmm? So where do we get the thousand? Uh, <laughs> where do we get the thousand years from? Let's take a look. 1,656 years from Adam to Noah's flood. That's a long time. Uh, I want to get, uh, now I want to, as, as I talk about conscience, I'm, I want to try to close out conscience. Let's see how much time I got left. Let's see here. Oh, I'm over time. Okay, I got I got a couple other things I need to get. I need to get uh, uh, the defiled conscience, which is in Genesis uh, chapter six. I'm gonna go back there, and then I'm gonna let you go. Time I don't know where time went, but when we get into these studies, time goes so fast. Hmm? Time don't even look like it's moving until I open my Bible up, and then it go to flying. But let's take a look. Stay with me. We can go to Genesis 6 and 5. We're going to talk about this defiled conscience. Let's take a look. I want you to see this. Conscious defiled. And look what man's tendency was. Was to go away from God. Not toward God. But his tendency 
was away from God. Hmm? And when he left God, judgment came. But let's look at the defiled conscience in Genesis chapter 6 and 5. And God saw that wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only evil continually. Mm. That's something. They had left God. Hmm? They wasn't even thinking about the creator once they once they got in this fallen state. They wasn't thinking about God. Can we see, can we make the connection now in the time that we're living in on the grace and truth? Can we make the connection? Hmm? That some people um, they don't value life. Hmm? That's because of the defiled conscience. <laughs> oh, glory to God, huh? That's because of a defiled conscience. And they go farther and farther away from God because they don't want to be reminded of their wrongdoing. Hmm? This is this is what it is. And let's let's take a look now. And we we're gonna let you go. We're gonna wrap up conscience today so we can go to government. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 7. I'm too close now to let this go. I don't want to have to do another broadcast for conscious. We're going to wrap it up. There's so much in conscious I could deal with, but I wanted to make the connection today. Let's go to Genesis 7 and 11. Let's read a few scriptures there, and then we got one more scripture to call. Genesis um, 7 and 11. All right, let's take a look. And he says here in the 600, this is in the 600 year of Noah's life, in the second month, in the 17th day of the month, the same day, were all the fountains of the great deep broken up and the windows of heaven opened up. Hmm? And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Mm. When judgment comes, God opens up another dispensation. Mm? No question about it. We can see when Adam got judged, Adam and Eve was judged. We can see in under conscious, uh, uh, Cain kills Abel, mm? and man gets farther and farther away from God. And then we can see the heart of man is only wicked and evil continually. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And then he gave 120 more years to warn the people that it was going to rain. Hmm? And then when the rain came, God sent the flood. Hmm? The flood was a type of judgment. <laughs> oh, let me get there. I got to go. Hmm? You don't know how you want to look at it when you read your Bible. But the flood was a type of judgment. Hmm? And it rained 40 days and 40 nights upon the earth. Hmm? And the water increased. Hmm? That's something. Hmm? I want to show you something else. And we're going to go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter 3 and 18. And we're going to let you go. I think we finished up. Conscience is, is uh, not as uh, clearly as we desire to because we went to a lot of other scriptures. Uh, let's go to 1 Peter 
um, 3 and 18. Let's go to 1 Peter 3 and 18. Let's take a look. Hmm? For Christ also had once suffered for the sins, uh, the just for the unjust, hmm? that he might bring us to God. And look at this. Being put to death in the flesh, uh, but quickened by the spirit by which he also went and preached unto the spirits in prison in which sometime were disobedient uh, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing. Now, this is what I was saying. God allowed Noah to work on that ark 120 years while the people were being warned. Hmm? That's some kind of grace there. Noah found grace. And if we really want to look at it, if we really want to look at it, they had grace too. <laughs> oh, let me go. I got to go. Huh? If we really want to look at it, Noah found grace. And while he was preaching, all oh, the grace of God still was abiding for them as well. Isn't that something while the ark was being prepared? We can see that happening right now today. Hmm? While God is getting his church, <laughs> oh, glory be to God. While God is saving and bringing people into the body of Christ, hmm? there's somebody not receiving the gospel message. Hmm? That don't stop God from bringing judgment. And we have to realize, people say, well, you know, um, you know, is God merciful? Yes, he's merciful. Huh? He suffered for the sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God. Hmm? Being put to death in the flesh, being quickened by the spirit, by which he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometime were disobedient. Hmm? Freedom. Hmm? Christ got power to save. This is why I thank God for Bishop Merchant preaching that message on Sunday to encourage the people of God. God will do exceedingly. Hmm? We can't put no limit on God. God went into the prisons and freed these spirits that was, oh, glory be to God, that was in bondage. Oh, we, we got a liberator, saints, people of God, uh, viewers and subscribers. Jesus is a liberator. Glory. Look at this. And he says, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein a few, that is, eight souls were saved by water, the like figure, wherein to even baptism do it now also save. Hmm? Not by putting away the filth of the flesh. Hmm? We don't baptize you huh, to cleanse your external. You use soap and water at your own house for that. But the baptism, hmm, it is for an answer of a good conscience <laughs> toward God. Hmm? Who don't want a good conscience toward God? Hmm? Oh, glory be to God. When you say I'm willing to be baptized, oh, let me get out of here. I'm willing to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Hmm? 
you're saying you're saying something to the Lord. Hmm? You're saying something to God. Hmm? That that old conscience, that man, oh, that had misguided moral compass. Hmm? You saying, Lord, help me with this. Hmm? You saying, fix it, Jesus. Fix it like you said you would. Hmm? When you ready to get baptized, you saying, God, I need you to fix me. Glory. Oh, I got to get out of here. Hmm? And I don't know nobody can fix you like Jesus can. Hmm? There's nobody. The songwriter said, there's nobody like Jesus. Oh, let me get out of here. I got to go. There is nobody. And if you need to be fixed on, let's start with the conscience today. Hmm? All oh, glory be to God. Huh? Because God don't only want to fix the outside, but he'll make you all oh, glory be to God. He'll fix the inside. So your heart, so you'll be thinking right. Oh, glory be to God. Not your natural heart, but your spiritual heart, that your mind, all oh, glory be to God, will be thinking right. And that your misguided moral compass can be reset by God. And you begin to be alive in the spirit once you receive the Holy Ghost. Speaking in other tongues, the spirit of God get uttered. And you will begin, all oh, glory be to God, to see the grace of God bring salvation. Hmm? All oh, glory be to God. I want to encourage you today hmm? that uh, baptize or the baptism do it now also say, not to the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God and angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. The Bible says he got all power. Hmm? I want to let you know, we serve a God that's able. He got all power in heaven and in earth. These are the faithful words of Elder Newsom. Uh, we did go over a little bit today. We went over uh, about 30 minutes over today. We went over because conscious was quite in depth, quite in depth study. Uh, we didn't get everything in conscious, but we, we got the most important part of conscious, but I'll give you um, a couple side notes that I have. Uh, I wanted to talk about uh, the test for man's conscious. We want to talk about that. Um, uh, what else I got here? I think that's pretty much I, what I wanted to cover there. Um, let's see. Yeah, that's pretty much all I had. So we, we, uh, we hope that we said something that would encourage you. Uh, want you to know that we're having our choir annual, uh, starting, I believe this, uh, weekend. Let's see if we can, uh, put that up on the screen. I think it's this one. Let's see here. Uh, let's see. Nope, it's not that one. It's, yes, it's that one right there. So we're going to uh, put that on the screen for you, um, that we have our choir annual revival starting uh, on uh, Friday and Sunday. And we have Bishop uh, Eric Brown, um, of Haven Hope International Ministries. It's going to be our speaker for one of those nights. And also uh, Pastor uh, Lomax will be our speaker for one of the 
uh, other nights. Please look at the flyer to uh, get all of the details. Uh, if you're not doing anything, please come out and uh, help us lift up the name of Jesus. But I really hope I said something to help encourage the saints as we talked about uh, conscience. And uh, I didn't get a chance to uh, deal with the grace part, but we're going to still be in Noah. We're going to be still uh, in Genesis chapter 8. So we're going to be talking about government. We're going to go to Genesis chapter 8 when we come back, uh, if the Lord's will, next week, Monday. We're going to be in our touch and agree prayer hour on Friday. And so we'll pick up government. Uh, we're going to pick up the government, uh, human government, on uh, Monday. So please follow us uh, with series 338 where we pick up human government. We're going to talk about that and some things regarding that. And remember, man's responsibility is to believe and obey. All right? We know we know all the other things that they did and that happened under these other dispensations. But we want to focus on man's responsibility. Hmm? God never relieved man of his responsibility uh, in his relationship uh, with mankind. So ever since he established relationship with mankind, he made him responsible. All right. And I don't know anybody that's got a family, got children, got um, siblings that they've raised up and took care of, whether they be foster parents or whatever. Uh, you uh, want to give some kind of responsibility. <laughs> um, glory be to God. Hmm? So they can be accountable. Hmm? Now, and every man is accountable to somebody. So we're going to leave it right there. But we want to uh, thank you for that. I want you to join us in our choir annual that's coming up. Uh, we want to say that we love you with the love of the Lord. I want to thank you for joining uh, the Faith in God Internet TV. Uh, with no further ado, until next time, I'm your host, Elder Gregory Newsom with the Faith in God Internet TV. God bless you in Jesus' name.